0: I keep saying it over and over and over again. Millennials. Millennials.
1: Like Millennials Falcon. (laughs) Millenni. And now, coming to you from the K2 studios in San Diego, California, it's the world famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening everybody? How y'all doing? I am Chris.
0: And I'm Christine, and welcome to the eighth episode of the Chris and Christine Show. Do, 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 do.
1: Yes, eights. Eight's one of my favorite numbers. I play eight when I go to the casino sometimes, but it's always so far away when I try to play the game. It's like way on the other side. I usually play in the middle. And if my voice sounds a little weird tonight, it's because I am actually feeling a little bit under the weather, but here I am bringing it for you guys. Enjoy.
0: Thanks for pushing through, babe. We really appreciate it.
1: Hey, I do my best. I do what I can, and here I am.
0: There's no Chris and Christine show without Chris, so we push through. That's just what we do.
1: Exactly. You all
0: are depending on us.
1: Well, I know. (laughs) i know
0: (laughs) so last week we talked about cars and speeding tickets and it's been quite a week in the car world in my life
1: yes christine it's quite popular with the authorities (laughs) actually i'm sorry take that back she's quite popular with the insurance company the insurance company they, they love her
0: yeah that speeding ticket that i got a while back well my new policy hit this month and i was checking through my expenses because you know it's like the auto pay every month and i was like what in the world why is my premium double totally forgetting that i actually had a second speeding ticket
1: what's a second speeding hey, ticket?
0: Hey, hey i was in a rental car i couldn't control it i was in like one of those big suvs coming down the hill in yosemite a year ago anyways long story short Two speeding tickets on my record within a year.
1: Speed demon. Christina's know, like a speed demon. I, know. I should get her like a Ferrari or something. Get yeah, out that of her would system. Get me in trouble. Or how about I'm... you do a few laps in the racetrack?
0: Well I have Chantilly.
1: Oh, that's true. You get the for Camaro.
0: a while until she has to go in the shop because the other thing that happened this week just happened yesterday, right, Chris?
1: What happened yesterday? Oh that's right. I sorry, I had a brain fart, but yes. Christine actually got sideswiped on the freeway by some guy. He didn't know where he was going.
0: Yeah, somebody in an SUV. I was merging. They drifted into me. Well, merged into me. So, yes, the insurance company really loves me right now because I had to file that claim and got a little bit sore. But I'm doing okay. So, Chris is under the weather and I'm a little bit sore. But we're pushing through, people. We are pushing through. We Fan-tastic. are here
1: for you.
0: Yeah. The Chris and Christine Show is now on Instagram at The K2 Show San Diego. Check out our latest pictures, videos, show teasers, and life updates on Instagram at The K2 Show San Diego. So, are we ready for this, Chris?
1: Are you ready? Are you all ready? Here we go.
0: We have a great show for you tonight. and we're Like getting, always. Yes, like always. And tonight <laughs> we are talking about millennials.
1: Yes, the millennials. Now, I am kind of a millennial. <laughs> Christine, are you a millennial? I By, don't
0: claim it.
1: But are so you? They say, like,
0: they say the cutoff's 1982. For the record. For what?
1: Cutoff for what? To
0: be considered a millennial, you had to be born in 1982 or after.
1: Or new or, or
0: I'm younger. sorry, recently. So you have to be like 37 and younger. So technically, Chris does Oh, I'm only qualify. 25,
1: so that <laughs> I count?
0: Chris doesn't qualify. He is a self-proclaimed millennial. Do you want to explain why you feel like you're a millennial?
1: Well, I feel like I also heard that I thought millennials were people that like became out on their own. Like somewhere around the year 2000. Like around the 2000s, early 2000s is when they start to develop. Like they move out. They kind of have like their own real jobs they kind of start their career and all that fun stuff so i kind of like fit into that category so to speak if that makes any sense
0: yeah it makes sense so i think that's where we're a little bit different chris and i were talking about this this morning as we were prepping for the show where in 2005, for example, we were in very different places in our life. At 2005, I had already been married for a couple of years, had my first kid. I was like three years into my career, and in 2005, Chris was still figuring out what he wanted to do with yeah, his life. Yeah, I was life. going out and
1: partying all the time, and I was out there. every weekend. You can find me at the bars or the clubs or the music festivals. Or oh, I was looking at some old pictures of myself. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, thumbs up, drunk up, just uh, you know, getting crazy in the show.
0: And we're going to change topics now because this is a family-friendly podcast. Yeah. It was
1: fun times, though, don't, back in those...
0: Don't repeat what Chris did, friends, but... What?
1: What'd I do? <laughs> well, coming, whatever.
0: Coming into his own in the yes. early 2000s. Yes, well, pretty
1: much, you yeah. know?
0: So Chris considers himself a millennial, so he's our resident expert tonight as we <laughs> talk about millennials.
1: Yes, a little bit, yeah. Okay, well. so I
0: have, uh, I have one great hot topic for you, and then Chris has another one. And so the first one that we're going to talk about is this article that came out yesterday from EdSource. Have you read it yet, Chris?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I subscribe to EdSource. It's right in bottom of my pile after Car and Driver, Road and Track, and EdSource. It's the ones that I always uh, you know look for next to Popular Mechanics. Oh, and I think before I get into that, I have to go to Home and Garden and Parenting. I think after I can read all those ones, EdSource is the next one I go to.
0: You're such a dork. I read it. Articles from EdSource almost every day. Maybe that's because I'm in education. But this one caught my attention yesterday as it came through. And I thought it would catch your attention, too. So I'm going to read it to you. So this article is called Millennials Aren't Drowning in Student Debt.
1: Wait, they aren't or they are? They
0: are not. What? Right. They are not. According to EdSource, they cited a, re- a national report that just came out and it said that this national report seeks to go against what portrays as, quote, an alarmist narrative that college debt is ruining most young people's lives. So it goes on to say that 66 percent of millennials have no student debt at all. That's because they haven't gone to college or because they managed to get through without having to borrow. And of those that do have college debt, their repayment burdens usually are not out of line with their incomes. Uh, the article said, or the report said that typically four-year degree graduates who borrow have $28,500 in debt that can be paid back with monthly monthly payments of $200 or less. So overall, what it's saying is, Millennials aren't borrowing as much as is being portrayed because one, they're either not going to college or what they're having to borrow is nowhere near what other people have had to borrow in the past. But I had another take on it. What's I, that? I was wondering if millennials don't have as much debt because their parents experienced a lot of student, student loan debt and they're paying for it. So maybe... All of these other parents are carrying the loan, so it is misleading because the millennials don't have the Oh, you're
1: saying like their parents are paying for it, so right. they don't even have debt because their parents are flipping the bill? Maybe. Well, I bet that happens a lot, but I have a better theory. You want to hear my theory? What's your theory? My theory is back in 2008, we had the big financial crisis. Remember right. that? Mm-hmm. Big recession. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of millennials went through that personally and, and um, kind of grew up through that whole process. And I think when it comes to taking out loans and taking out big debt, it's a real, like, scary thing. Almost taboo because of the whole situation that everything would happen with all wow. the finances and yeah, stuff.
0: Yeah, I never thought of that. Keep going. That's good.
1: Well, that's – yeah, it's true because I thought of it. But, you know, I'm saying that, like, <laughs> no, the – um the millennials, they went through that. They went through that whole crisis. That's why a lot of millennials don't have homes because they're like, well, I saw a bunch of homes get taken and a bunch of people get kicked out in 2008, 2009. So they're like, uh, I don't want to go through that. So, so it's don't. like a
0: post-traumatic debt relationship. They are like traumatized by what they saw happen to people that went through having debt and losing so much. And it's traumatized them from having to take financial risks that relate to debt because right. they and that maybe you know that's like huge insight. I've never even thought about that. That that no, would, blew
1: your mind, right? Ow. Seriously,
0: it relates to a lot of the behaviors that we hear are stereotypical of millennials, like not wanting to commit to something or right, I, like I, me. I wonder if there's something yeah. to that.
1: Yes. Like, well, I do you I. Commit? W- well, yes, but I did go through all everything the financial crisis had to offer in all its glory. I've experienced it all personally. Um, Christine experienced a little bit too. Right. And so because of that, it does make me a little bit weary on what to spend on, how to spend my money. I don't like to get into debt at all now. Um, I like to pay things off immediately or fast as I can. So because of that, because of the financial crisis, it's kind of changed me, you know, and I can see it changing in millennials, too. So that's my millennial take. Yeah,
0: that's a really interesting take on it. So I guess in that light, like I could relate to that. However, Chris and I have long conversations about this. I have a lot of student loan debt. I have. What? That's the find, first time I'm hearing it? What's oh up Oh my that? gosh, whatever.
1: Oh my goodness. I, if it's more than five bucks, you're in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're ridiculous. So I did need to take out student loans for my bachelor's degree. And early on in my bachelor's, I decided to take this year, my my sophomore year, where I wanted to go to a different university and it was a private college and I had to use loans to pay for the entire thing. I was away from home, thousands of miles away. and I have been paying for that one year for a long time, but then to advance in my career, I needed to get a master's. And, and
1: Let me brag on Christine for a little bit. Christine is amazing in her world worth wor- sorry the world of work that she is in. Aww. She is the expert top dog. And, well, she's not a dog, by the way. i just put that out there. But but she is like so well. Like she's one of those examples of your degree, your student loan debt, and your degree actually being worth it. Right. On the flip side, you get people that get big student loan debt and they default on it or they um, change careers or they just end up being a barista at Starbucks.
0: And we have – there's nothing wrong with being a barista at Starbucks. What yeah, we're but don't to go to say. college
1: for that, you know.
0: Right. I mean, there's, it's all in perspective. So I guess that aligns with what they're saying about like why millennials aren't going to college. It's because they don't have a clear idea of what they necessarily want to do, quote unquote, when they grow up. And so instead of going to college and investing all this money, they're saying, well, let me just explore all my interests. And at some point I'll settle on something.
1: Right. Right. And of course, a lot of them... um hate to be stereotypical, but a lot of them will live at home to, like, they're 30. And they'll have a decent job, but they'll still not want no want to do. And they'll travel. They'll have fancy cars. And they'll travel around the world, go to Europe, go all these crazy things. Because they do know that once they do settle down with a family and kids, those uh, trips to Europe and backpacking across country are usually kind of out the window.
0: Well, one of the other things that we'll see... Among the millennial group is a lot of people that are co-housing together. So I know here in the San Diego housing industry, it's Ooh, so expensive. Ye. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't afford to buy a house by myself. Chris is yes, amazing. Yeah, she, oh, well, she can. Chris is amazing where he was able to purchase his own home. And it's beautiful. We're in it right now. That's where the K2 studios are.
1: Oh, hey, spoiler alert. Yeah. Hey.
0: <laughs> we have a studio set up in here. But Not everybody's like that. And what I have observed from a number of different 20 and 30 somethings here in San Diego is they don't want to go into the debt of purchasing a home or purchasing a condo, but they want the lifestyle. So they'll split a home or an apartment with two, three, four, five other people. Especially
1: in like high, like downtown or New York City. Oh my goodness.
0: Like downtown Little Italy in San Diego to get into one of the high rises, it's like three grand, two, three grand for a studio. A studio. It's like four hundred square feet or right. smaller? smaller. Maybe even smaller.
1: Right. Oh, speaking of which, we gotta tell everybody what happened a couple weeks on the news. It went nationwide about the rental that I, I sent a sentence oh, to you.
0: Yeah. Tell everybody about this story.
1: Okay, so check this out. In San Diego County, at someone's house in someone's backyard, they are renting out A converted tool shed to live in an actual shed in someone's backyard you can rent it for just over a thousand dollars a month
0: right actually the city had put forth an ordinance to subsidize people uh, building these they're calling them granny flats on their property but they're not really granny flats they're like Tough sheds. Right. With, this was
1: the actual tough shed. Right. Somebody converted. They put like a sink, I think, in there. I don't know about a toilet, right. it but has it has certain specs. Yeah, yeah, it had a sink, a stove, a refrigerator. It was like 200 square feet. Um, it's like
0: a new take on the tiny home.
1: Yeah, a thousand, over $1,000 a month. And you guys, you do live outside the area. $1,000 a month gets you a lot. And here, 1000 bucks gets you a tool shed.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, it's really expensive to live in San Diego. But going back to the millennials idea, um, this conversation around student loan debt, I think it's a much bigger conversation. And I think you brought up a really good point, Chris, that I'd never thought about. And I'm going to coin it here. You heard it here first, people. We're going to call it Post-traumatic debt relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yes. PTDR is something that is impacting millennials that have lived through the Great Recession of the mid-2000s. And maybe it's impacting their desire to be able to invest in their own education or homes or whatever. It's the whole YOLO mentality. Yeah, everything kind of
1: trickles down. if you think about it. Like... For example, you see a lot of these jobs that you thought you wanted to you know, get into and then the recession happens and that everything people lose their jobs or they think that, you know, the world's coming to an end and so on and so forth. And then you're like, Well, what do I want to do for work? I don't wanna really wanna do that because If I do that, that might happen, you know? Right, right, right. So you're kind of in limbo what you want to do. Now, we do have a list. We'll get that a little bit later. But um...
0: speaking of lists, we're going to come back right after this with our next hot topic that Chris is going to lead with our list for the week. So stick around. You're going to want to hear this. And yes, it does relate to millennials.
1: The Chris and Christine Show is available everywhere on Google Play with Google Podcasts. Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and iHeartRadio.
0: All right. So for our next hot topic, Chris is going to lead us out, but I want to tell you first what it is. Okay. What you got? This list comes from SmartAsset. And Smart weird. who?
1: What'd you say? Smart Excuse asset. me. Watch your mouth.
0: <laughs> and we're bringing to you the ten most popular jobs for mill- millennials. Oh, I can't even say that word, millennials. I keep saying it over and over and over again. Millennials. Millennials. Like
1: millennials. Falcon.
0: Millennials. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Chris is gonna read the list, but I want to tell you that Smart Asset says that Excuse,
1: watch your mouth again, by the way.
0: <laughs> that there, I can't even say this. That there are a few reasons why these specific jobs are the top ten. And so we're gonna tell you what those reasons are before we tell you what the jobs are. So okay. the first reason why these specific jobs are the top ten is first the internet. Because the internet has become vitally important to our everyday lives, the types oh. of jobs that are emerging rely heavily on that.
1: Also, looking for internet, everybody wants their resume emailed in, or um, you know that kind of stuff. You can't actually just drop off an application at the front door anymore. You got to like email it in, right?
0: Right. There's an element of needing to be tech savvy. Yeah. Right. So then the second thing is that millennials tend to not want physically demanding jobs so they look for things that don't require a lot of manual labor. yeah
1: you know when i look for jobs i want to put the minimum minimum amount of work possible you know on my resume willing to not do much of anything Oh my gosh. please hire me now you're
0: a dork <laughs> you have a a physically demanding job. I know. I'm saying
1: like if I was this millennial looking for a job off the internet, on my couch.
0: And we don't mean to tick you all off. This is according to smart assets. So yeah, watch your mouth again, by the way. (laughs) All right. The next thing is that lack of experience. So if a job or a field relies on prior experience, it is most likely that a millennial will not have the experience to pursue it. So they tend not to.
1: Like if I'm a millennial and I want to be CEO, like. The first day they won't won't hire
0: me oh my gosh chris or president of the company okay and then the last thing that's leading to these specific 10 jobs is that millennials are tending to avoid jobs that are decreasing in terms of demand things like a dressmaker travel agent or a tailor are things that they're not really pursuing so they
1: don't wait there's always going to be a dressmaker, travel agent, etc. and all that stuff too, right? But not that many. Not
0: really. I mean, if you think about it like a travel agent, I have a friend that's a travel agent and I do go through him. He did plan my Europe trip. He's oh, amazing. There you go. But See? Other people go to Kayak, Travelocity. I mean, it's not the same experience, but you can DIY. There's all these other like Go today, travel, and websites where you can. Oh, like, I know it's all online. It's all do it yourself, mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, it is. So, those are those four things, and I'm going to turn it over to you, Chris, for the list.
1: Okay, fantastic. Here we go. Now, this is the list off um, whatever site she said it was on. What did you say it was called? Um,
0: Smart Assets.
1: Sorry, yeah, that watch your mouth. That's <laughs> the one. <laughs> yes, off of their list of these are the top 10 most popular jobs. For millennials, so if you're a millennial and you want a job, these are most popular ones. You better get on them fast before they all disappear. So, top ten. Here we go. Number ten, we got a firefighter. Now, who doesn't love a firefighter?
0: I love a firefighter.
1: You know, I wanted to be a firefighter, mm-hmm.
0: but I realized
1: you got to climb those big stairs with a backpack with all the stuff. I'm like, oh gosh. Uh, well, I'll be over here on the water break.
0: Well, you're so hot. <laughs> I need to be the firefighter. Psh-
1: oh There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but yes. It's a
0: physically demanding job. It right? is. So
1: it kind of like takes away from the actual, um the other thing they said right. earlier. Yeah,
0: the disclaimer.
1: Right. But it does say that the uh, medium uh, age of a firefighter is 38 years old. So. And you then know. it says that
0: of the 252,000 firefighters in America, 90,000 are millennials.
1: Well, there you go. There you go. And they make an average about. 48000 a year. Now, this is uh, national average. So, right. it will vary from county to county, city right. to city. Mm-hmm. So, next up we have, this is a fun one. Number nine, television, video, and motion picture camera operators and editors. That sounds amazing.
0: Who doesn't want to be a... Uh- tv editor
1: right especially that's if you live fun. in the la area right oh my goodness about everybody who moves to la just thinks they walk into a movie set and they want to be I'm, i've heard it's grueling work to tell you right. the truth but... but there's
0: so many other places that editing is popping up because it's not just la that's the hub of TV. Well, I know in New, New York Hollywood, City right? and everywhere
1: else And, and, and in all Canada, these remote too.
0: locations, Canada, right. Tennessee, anywhere where there's a lot of filming, you have to have editors.
1: Right. And also, didn't think about this, but a lot of millennials and even younger. They love that YouTube. And YouTube there's Ooh, a lot yeah, of editing with that mm-hmm. and figuring all that stuff out. And if you're really good, you make a lot of money. There you go. Yeah. Bada boom bada bing.
0: I heard this new term today and it was called Visco Girl V S C O Is
1: that a person?
0: It's like referring to millennials that use this specific social media app to like publish their own videos and things like oh, that. Okay. So I mean, it goes to this whole idea of we're all editors of something like Instagram stories. and right. It's like, right. I know it's app based, but it kind of is the groundwork for becoming like TV, video, motion picture, camera operators, editors.
1: That's right. Right. Num- yes. And number eight, we got market research analyst and a marketing specialist. Those are the guys that... Um, Looks like they do. A, they go to the market a lot and they research.
0: Actually, one of my be- very best <laughs> friends is one of these.
1: Oh, oh, really? Yeah.
0: She's a sales market analyst and she works for, I'm not going to say what the company is, but it's based in San Diego area. Yeah. And she does uh, sales predictions and analytics for- Oh,
1: it's like data analyst type yeah, stuff? Yeah,
0: kind of. But it's oh, okay, like okay. analyzing market trends for a specific product and being able Ooh. to predict out and project out what the growth is going to be so that they oh, order okay. enough. I've Okay. But it's like analytics and market trends and supply chain and that kind of work. I have another friend that does supply chain work, both millennials. Oh, and they're vi- and, and another friend for another fast food restaurant. So yes, I have three friends that are millennials that fit that category. Well, all in here go. in San Diego. Perfect
1: for the list. Now number um, seven, web developers. Now this is like defining a, designing websites and you know all that kind of fun stuff.
0: Yeah, I find that this is something that's pretty common, too. And what I'm finding with this one specifically is it's because of a lot of the millennials like to work remotely.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Work from home. Right. right. Who doesn't? You
1: know what I'm saying? They call them
0: digital nomads.
1: That's right. right.
0: So you can work from home. You can do this web developing no matter where you live. So you could be on the beach of Bali building somebody's website remotely and bada boom, wow. bada bing.
1: We don't need to some big like mainframe computer like in a basement like in the movies with all those like, nope. like you know, all big screens everywhere and they're like yeah, mission not control. At mm-hmm, <laughs> not at all. Mm-mm. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. We'll check that. Web developer. Now, number six. A physician assistant. Now, physician assistant is like also like a assistant to the doctor. Could be like a nurse too, right?
0: Well they're they're a little bit of higher grade. They're one step below a doctor, okay. But not a nurse. So my mom's actually a nurse practitioner slash physician assistant. Okay. And so I know when she went to school, she didn't actually have to get a bachelor's degree. She really wanted to, but it was a certificate, but it took a couple of years. So, you still get the experience, you still get the education, but you get to operate at a higher level. You can operate independently from a doctor. So, you can prescribe medications. And so, it's not a typical nurse, it's a okay. step above. Okay, it's but a little I better. Could, right. But I could see how a person that maybe. Didn't want to go to med school, but still oh, wants yeah. to be in medicine. He I mean, wants
1: all that. Who wants all that schooling? All those, del- you know, uh, right. all that student loan debt. You know.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if that's the case now, where you can be a physician assistant without getting a full four-year degree, but it does say in here that the median age of a physician assistant is in the mid. 30s i think 39
1: years old this year
0: and it's a six-figure income
1: oh that's pretty good there you go now number five on the list also relates to number um number six it's emergency medical technicians or paramedics those guys that are driving the ambulance emts you know a lot of those guys are pretty young they're usually between age 25 and 34 so they're the high demand job they're i always see paramedics or emts they are pretty young younger younger people to actually do it
0: yeah it was so funny chris and i were hanging out one night and we were getting gas in my car and there was these two ambulances or like emergency transport vehicles coming in right and like out of them was like six 20 something guys that hopped out and i may have glanced a little bit too uh, well i
1: was waiting for the hot <laughs> chick to come out because usually they are it seems like every time i see those vans they get gassed there's always a cute girl that's driving too shout right. out by the way um sarah what's up
0: <laughs> you're so inappropriate i'm
1: just kidding i'm yeah. just kidding sorry well, Me- megan didn't mean to exclude you too <laughs>
0: i did check out the drivers that night not gonna not okay gonna lie. well we yeah. all did yeah okay. we all do a little bit of right. eye candy doesn't hurt anybody
1: i know candy for your eyes and candy for your soul <laughs>
0: <laughs> i can't even with you tonight you're too much okay uh, oh, let's keep you. going okay. number four, number
1: four. Is in the world of advertising and promotion managers, promotions managers. That must be like um, billboards and commercials and um, kind of with web development, kind of like with uh, TV and stuff too. I would think it all is all related. It's all fun type stuff, really, if you think about it.
0: Well, I think that this relates to not just like individual campaign so not to be cliche but i do have two friends that work in this area also well, Look at you you're right. killing this list They they again they're female millennials but one works for a big box fast food restaurant and another one works for like a mom and pop marketing shop but they do ad promotions and marketing products and things like that and it gives a lot of flexibility and creativity and autonomy, and I think that's what some of the millennials like is purpose. They like to feel like their impact is being made They're within creating an organization. Something maybe. Yeah, yeah, creating, yeah. ideating, yeah, that kind of stuff.
1: Okay, the number three on the list we got financial analyst. Now this sounds, um, it's more popular with um, a popular application occupation for graduates with a bachelor's degree. It shows that uh, the data is about 307,000 financial analysts in the U.S. and 126,000 of them are millennials.
0: I'm wondering if this is because so many of them have parents that are that one generation below the baby boomers and baby boomers might not have been saving as much which are their grandparents and the parents are feeling that and so the kids say well I want to be a financial analyst I want to help you like save better
1: right and that's uh, all goes back maybe to the financial crash of 2008 all could go back full circle who knows you know that's number three now number two on our list is a fun one Mm -hmm. now a lot of these uh, jobs on here seem kind of fun if you think about it like it's kind of a fun Mm -hmm. job to do like nobody in the list says I want to be a hole digger or uh you know something like that. So, so number two is a bartender. Now where you can party, drink, and get paid at the same time. Right. Bartender. And it says
0: in here that the median bartender earns only twenty eight thousand or twenty thousand eight hundred dollars a yeah, year. Yeah, but you work
1: like what two nights a week or whatever
0: well but here's the thing that's reported income
1: oh that's right, right. it's all tips huh? tips
0: are huge when it comes to anything service oriented and if you oh think yeah of, if you think of bartenders when you work in a restaurant and you're a bartender you get tipped out from every server they typically have to tip out 10 percent. you're
1: talking like a regular restaurant I'm right. talking like a club I think you like a Vegas bartender in a club? Forget about Even it. You're better, probably so you're rich.
0: Getting, then you're getting straight tips. I'm, oh, yeah. Uh, again, not to keep beating this, but I have a couple of friends that work as bartenders. Look at
1: that. Christina's killing this list. She knows this whole list inside and out.
0: Reportable income for these individuals is like twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. they are banking six figures every year.
1: Ooh-wee. Right. A cash, too. Cash under Whoa, the table. Man.
0: Can wow. you imagine that the only problem,
1: The only problem I find out when that job's like that is say you want to go buy a house, right?
0: right? That's exactly the problem.
1: You want to buy a house and, I- and they're like, yeah, well, I make six figures. Well, according to you, W-2, you only make 20 grand a year. That's
0: exactly what it is. <laughs> so I have a couple of friends, the same ones, that one of them works at a restaurant and it's like, I want to buy a house, but my W-2s don't show it. So it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the first topic topic yeah perfect
1: okay and the number one on this list is that a statistician Statistic? a
0: statistician. statistician yeah like, <laughs> that's like my job
1: excuse me all right christine go take away that one i don't know what that so means.
0: a statistician these are people that specifically are working around big data so big data sets that are able to manipulate and report on large data sources uh so Typically, in in older years, in past years, people for these types of jobs would have had to have some kind of like economics degree oh, or right. math that makes degree sense. That makes or sense. something like that. Well, they don't
1: need that now or what?
0: They don't necessarily. Actually, I was just talking with a colleague yesterday because we have a need in my organization. Like I work in the data field. I do a lot of data analytics work, but we need someone that can do all the analysis so that we can go deliver the profish- professional learning. Well,
1: can't you just run that through your phone and say, hey Siri, figure this out.
0: No. But according to Smart Asset, it does say that the job of statistician is the fastest growing job among millennials. Really? Yeah.
1: I wonder why they want to jump on that so quickly.
0: Right, it's super interesting because it's like so demanding in terms of statistics, data analysis, But, yet, you can do it without having to have a college degree. So, friends, that's our list of the top 10 jobs right now for millennials. I know you were super fascinated by it.
1: Yes. I
0: I caught Chris with his mouth full. What you all can't see right now is, you know, he's had a little bit of a cold, so I made him some of my magic tea. It's like filtered water, fresh lemon. It's amazing. Fresh cinnamon, and organic honey from my hometown kingsburg cape town in the house
1: fancy pants yeah
0: so i cook it up uh get it to boiling so he's sipping on that so sorry i caught you with your mouth full but yes that was our top 10 list of jobs for millennials
1: fantastic and next on our list we have our traditional would you rather so
0: i'm gonna ask you this would you rather chris are you ready for it yes what you got In alignment with our topic for tonight, my question, sir, for you is, would you rather have a job that pays $80,000 a year and live with no student loan debt or have a job making $125,000 a year and have $50,000 of student loan debt?
1: Well, if you look at the math on that, the $120,000 a year with the $50,000 student so 125 minus 50 comes out to what? Um 75. Right. So it's actually 75 is actually less than 80,000, so I have to take the 80,000 and no student loan debt bada boom bada bing that's well, how, I, that's I, how like, I look at it i
0: like that you figured it out that way and the way i was thinking about it i would take the higher job because if i'm already at a higher job the earning potential over time well you didn't
1: say that in the equation right it doesn't but say you that. have to think
0: into it and you know fifty thousand dollars of student loan debt is a lot but on a monthly payment it might not be that bad and if you think of advancement and then you have a degree to lean back on I would opt for that. Well, thanks for sticking with us this week, everybody. We appreciate you being with us and listening week after week. We want to give a shout out real quick for all of our listeners in the different countries that joined us because we had some new friends this week. So thanks again for Spain for joining us, for Canada, for Australia, and we had Norway come on board. That's right. For all of our international listeners, and especially our U.S. fan base, we want to give you a shout-out. And I think we had some of our cities. We're going to shout-out different cities every week, but a new one that we saw this week was Caledonia. Oh, really? For our listeners in Caledonia, (laughs) I love the name of that town. I've never visited it. We're giving you a shout-out, Caledonia, in the house, Thank you, everybody, so much, and we will be back with you next week. You
1: guys have a fantastic week, everybody. See you guys later.
0: Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret.
1: So love the people who treat you right, forget about the ones who don't, and believe that everything happens for a reason.
0: If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it nobody said that it would be easy.
1: They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris.
0: And I'm Christine. And until next week,
1: keep moving forward.